This is Sam coming to you live from Austin, Texas. This is the Undecillion with your hosts, Jason and Nick. And we have our guest, Ryan, today. Today is going to be a very special session as we're going to start talking about what motivates us. And then this is going to be a free forum so that we can start exploring what we've experienced in our lives thus far. So, who would like to start us out today? Do you want to start us out, Jason, Nick, Ryan? Yeah, Ryan, you were talking about something the other day. Why don't you uh, lay that on us there, man, that idea? Yeah. Um, the, the thing that got me thinking about it, obviously, is the, the quarantine aspect of, of current life. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are out of work or, um, you know, having financial troubles. Um, or maybe you just find themselves with... A, a load more time than they're used to, right? So um, how do they stay motivated to keep progressing in their life rather than stay stagnant or even digress? And, uh, you know, for myself, and I can't speak for anybody else, but for myself, for sure, um, one of the things I can say is, is music has always been one of the big motivators for me. And um, there was a long stretch there that I put the guitar down. I didn't sing. Um, and, you know, I, there was definitely an emptiness there that... Uh, needed to be filled so one of the things i did was uh you know started singing more but one of my motivators for that's my wife my wife grew up in a church choir she's got an amazing voice and she's always singing to the kids so um it's one of the things i started doing a lot more of and that's been mostly just recently so uh, it's been very enjoyable and your daughter plays the piano now right she does man um uh, my so my daughter mia she's seven and we've had her in uh, piano class, piano lessons for, for about a year and a half. And it's been amazing to hear her sit down and um, not play something from a sheet of music, but just from her own mind, from the mind of a seven-year-old. <laughs> Little seven-year-old mind it's coming up with music. <laughs> for real, it's amazing, man. It really is. Um, and, and she doesn't even know how awesome it is, uh, which makes it even more awesome. So that's very motivating as well. I wish my parents would have, all of our parents would have started us younger on instruments. Yeah. That would be great. I think I was like 14 when I started playing. Yeah, yeah. same here. Yeah. When it became cool. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> I find, uh, especially with music, man, um, it doesn't matter what's going on. I could be in a good mood. Or let's say in a frustrated mood, it always helps me uh, get get things out. You know, as like a, uh, some, uh, to express the emotions that you have inside of you. Uh, and for some people, it's hard to do that. It's hard for me. <clears throat> so to have something like music to be able to to get that out is a uh, is great. Uh, I know I always feel better after I pick up the guitar after not playing for a while or singing and just keep working because sometimes you, you listen back on some of the stuff that you've played or sung and you're like, ah, oh, man, you know, I don't know. It's not that great. But as long as you keep working at it, uh, you're going to get better and better. So the motivation part of it is... You know, you want to get better at what you're doing, uh, which defeats the negative, you know, uh, 
connotations in your mind or whatever, the negative ideas in your mind that, uh, you know, you're not good enough to do it. Well, you know, I practiced enough to where I can finally play this song. I am good enough. <laughs> like, it is possible, you know. Yeah. Fuck, Ryan. I, I remember you were doing sweeping and all this crazy stuff when you were in that, in the, the Valentine, like, Bloody Valentine. <laughs> You're in a couple bands, weren't you? Uh, yeah. Um, Defining Human, A Tragedy Lost, and uh, Beneath, From Beneath the Heart. Those were the three bands I was in. Okay. But that, that's that's really true, Jason, because one of the things I, I always think about is, you know, what would I, how, how would I act, how would I be if I didn't have the emotional release of something like music to express those emotions out, right? If they, if they stayed in. That's why I think so many people have such a spiritual connection to music, man. Um, it, yeah. it creates that environment within you that's, uh, as long as, because like you said, man, if you practice, if you want to learn a song, if you want to learn a scale, it doesn't matter what it is, um, over time, you, there's tangible progress to be, to be seen and had. Um, but I, I think a lot of people get so frustrated with certain things that they, you know, I don't know, they lose interest or lose motivation for it, right? It's it's too difficult. So I think a lot of people um, sell themselves short on, I mean, everybody enjoys listening to music, right? But mm-hmm. music is, is a different animal altogether. So yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. makes their own music also. I mean, to some degree, the place where you right. live also has its own soundtrack. And I, I notice even with my dog, uh, when he was growing up as a puppy, there were certain sounds like that would startle him, but then over time he's like, this is the rhythm of this area where I live. This is normal. I'm always going to hear this. And then when you hear something that's outside of that said normal, that's when he starts barking at it. And uh, what's cool about music to me is the fact that it's literally, it's kind of like the soundtrack to your life. Uh, those days when you don't have the energy to do stuff, the right song can just give you that extra kick of adrenaline and yeah. get you so motivated that you're so beyond driven that you're just like, I'm going to get this done. Everything is getting done right now. And uh, I've seen it even in times like when I was visiting family uh, that was out in California. We were at a drive-in place like Sonic's getting food. And you could clearly see there's like the husband and wife couple was fighting. And you see the little girl in the back. She was kind of just listening to her tunes. And... I, I couldn't tell you what she was listening to, probably like some Justin Bieber, some <laughs> something like that, whatever it was. It's probably, it's probably nothing that I would enjoy listening to, but I'm not going to say that that's bad music because for that brief moment, whatever that song may have been, took that girl to a different place and transported her away from the domestic situation that her parents were having. Yeah. And I think just for that alone, saving that kid that amount of time that the parents were doing whatever, I think that music is a blessing in disguise and it has the ability to just show you the depths of humanity. And I wish that we would see more musicians come out and stop getting scared with what it is. Like I'm not the best person for singing, but I'll go out there, I'll try to sing. And uh, my goal with everything I do is I always want to be better than I am this moment. Tomorrow, I better be better than I am at this moment. 
and just that's I just have an ongoing goal be better than myself the last time I did whatever it was I was doing yeah not having a finish line because if you set a finish line in your head then at that point where do you go from there right so uh, absolutely I agree with that 100% and it's something even if it's not a career for you it's something that okay we all have our careers but it's something we can have confidence in ourselves and you know maybe actually is a source of confidence i think yeah well i can do that you know i can do that probably better than a lot of people and you know it gives you a sense of worth and and self uh that a lot of people i don't know i couldn't imagine not having something you know like music and nick you actually like sorry go ahead nick you haven't talked yet buddy yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it is the exercising of uh, the freedom to express yourself, uh, and it, uh, it is important to have. And it, it could, it doesn't have to be music. I think it can be painting or drawing or uh, even doing mathematics, uh, even shooting guns. Uh, you know, as long as I think the main thing is, is as long as you keep doing it, uh, and. Um, not stopping at it i think if you stop then it, like brian was saying yeah like where do you go like if you feel like uh like got to this point where uh, you know because i remember at century music i don't know if you guys remember that oh yeah, oh, yeah. Store, that uh there was a guy there um he sold me my bass my first bass i bought which was the specter uh with the hollow flesh uh he's nice. the one who initiated the process for me but what happened was uh he was flying out to japan so he handed it over to like my sale or his sale he handed it over to um this dude who became a roadie for slipknot later on um crap i forgot his name but anyways so he told me he was like yeah i'm done with music and i was like how do you get done like yeah it was like he was like there's only 12 notes and that's all you can do there's 12 notes and i was like what like i was like i was like my mind was i was just like what what do you mean there's like are you crazy like you know and he was good he was a really good player and he he just decided to move to japan to pursue some political thing and uh yeah i found that really weird and uh and I mean, I understand that there's 12 notes, but I understand there's a lot more beyond, the, I, I feel beyond the notes, there's like this, you know, it, it's uh, this other world that you can connect to, you know, that's why I like playing, you know, it's like an escape from this stupidity that we're a part of a lot of times. And uh, it gives you like hope to that, you know, things will get better eventually like with it you know absolutely or to, or to express how how good it, it it is at that moment um for sure and like, like you said nick uh it's 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 hard to think about somebody being done with music because like i've known my uh one of the guitarists that i used to play with um he he gave lessons he's an amazing guitarist and um one day just decided you know what I, i'm done with this he hasn't played the guitar in years um, but it, it's one of those things that it, it, it begs the question, like, how does somebody get into a mindset like that? Right. Um, 
And, and I think it's like that with a lot of things, like something that you're passionate about, but then you live it day in and day out and you just need a break. Um, yeah. Or you pour so much effort and, and, um, and blood and sweat and, and tears into it that, uh, right. sometimes maybe you just need a break, you know? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I yeah. kind of get that, but, um, you never know. You never know what somebody's going through that led, led them to that mindset. Right. Yeah. I mean, you never, I mean, he could have, he, I mean, I never saw him after that, but yeah, he might've I mean, who knows? He probably got back into it stronger. Um, but yeah, so, the whole there, and, and I went through that later on, like I didn't play for like a year. Yeah. And, uh, but it was yeah, like, too. yeah, you know, you go through me that. Too, yeah. It's like, you, well, you get a different vantage point, you get a different perspective and then you come back and it's, it's almost like it's it's more even though maybe you haven't your chops aren't what they were, but it, it's a different perspective and and a fresh sound at that point. Right. You know? uh, yeah, you got new building blocks to work with yeah. and build something different. Uh, to what you were saying, Nick, uh, mathematics they say is like the universal language of the universe mathematics is wrapped <laughs> up in music too man That's but right. music is all mathematics man so there you know but it, it touches the emotional side of us so <clears throat> it's really like the language of the universe if uh in a different way than than mathematics yeah and, well and then the the whole like the thing with it i feel the access of it is to every creature on or like every living creature uh has the ability to make some kind of sound uh and it's like in us from birth you know and then like ryan was saying like your daughter is playing and she's seven and she's you know she's playing already and so it's like it's it's open to all you know and that's a really cool like thing about it and and you don't have to you know you don't have to be like a uh, a student from berkeley uh, yeah, to play awesome stuff, you know, like anybody could just pick up something and play, you know. The only and, famous musicians I know that were Berkeley students that I really enjoy are Dream Theater. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For Theater real. Cool. For sure. Sam, no. <laughs> well, man, uh, let me let me say something, guys. I, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on and. Um, it's been one of those things Jason's been telling me about the podcast for quite a while. And, um, with my, my career path I was on, I barely had any time. And when I was not at work and working hundred hour weeks, I was at home just trying to maximize the uh, time with the family. Right. So, but now things are a little bit different and, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm really glad that, uh, you know, Jason was able to kind of connect everybody here and, uh, I, like I said, I listened to y'all's uh, podcast. Uh, I don't know if it was the most recent one, the the movie podcast. Yeah, you're ta- you started yeah. off with the podcast yeah. talking about um, uh, Mr. Fantastic. I actually just watched that movie recently. It's a very good movie. Uh, right. I just thought that was that was pretty cool, man. And I I, I enjoy what you guys do. Thanks. Uh, right. We we are glad to have you also, and we just want to open up the spect- the realm of what everyone listens to, so that. Everybody could just take in a different perspective, a break from their day type of thing. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. hopefully make it constructive for everybody. Yeah, yeah conversations between people and interpersonal communication, man. 
sometimes it's more entertaining to listen to some other people talk and they're able to articulate things maybe in a way that, that helps you to understand it more deeply. You know, and that's, that's one of the things I really enjoy about podcasts. Uh, um, and, and being introduced to new information, um, new experts in different fields and so on and so forth. Like we've been talking about music, mathematics, uh, you know, spirituality, um, and all of those things put together, man, you, you, there's, there's a, a plethora of things to talk about within that, that, uh, you know, I think is very interesting. And I would hope that more people would, would think that as well. I remember when I first, uh, got into music, uh, I think I was listening to oldies, <laughs> that's what my mom that. listened to, but, uh, that feeling you get from, from the music is definitely a spiritual, um, feeling. I mean, you could be, uh, an atheist and still appreciate music just like everybody else, but absolutely, the way I see it, I, I think it's deeper than that. And it's, you know, like we were talking about, it's there's a connection. How the birds have songs, and like, you know, there's certain things that will remind you that God is there, or whatever, a higher power, something is there, something that we can't quite explain. And music is one of those things, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's beyond us. Like, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. we're just trying to read, like. Have you ever played something on the instruments you all play uh, and like done it outside, outdoors, just kind of you and nature, and then see like if animals and stuff come by, they react certain ways to what you play? (laughs) Have you ever noticed that? Like I was sitting on my I was sitting on my porch and I was playing some classical guitar. And what was weird is this squirrel just kind of came up and he was just staring at me. Then these birds. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, is this like a Disney film? What's going on here? Right. <laughs> He's going to start singing along with There's you. always somebody listening, you know? Yeah. Right. Besides, for real. I mean, playing like, even you know, when you feel like you're alone, you're, there's always someone listening. So. I always like playing in the rain, like on the back porch. Yeah, that's that's an interesting pattern to the notes and stuff, like the the syncopation of the rain hitting stuff. Just has an interesting rhythm to it. Like an ambiance too, gives it a different. I don't know. I just always thought it was fun. Yeah, it is sounding good. Um, So, what do you guys think? Phase one coming right May fourth. Yeah. Huh? Let's open her back up. I mean, <laughs> get it going. You know, rub the belly, slap it on the ass, and fucking push it down the hill on the bike and hope oh. that they, you know, with no training wheels. There you go. I never learned oh. how to ride. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jason, if you don't mind, I'm, let me let me respond to that, man. Um, I can tell you right now, there's, and, and Anna's a little more connected than, than I am. Um, she runs her own business and she's very in tune with, um, moms in and around San Antonio. Uh, and she knows a number of people, like one of the places we just visited recently was a farm out in Blanco, Texas. Uh, and you know, we asked a couple of questions to some people, uh, about some of the things we've heard. Like one of the things recently that I've heard is, you know, there's about to be there's there, there's this impending shortage of proteins, right? Right. Uh, how how is that possible, man? There's there's more demand. Why are people going to be scrapping uh, milk, protein, and so on and so forth? 
why why would that be the case? And there's well, I've heard killing chickens and right? cows there's a, and not slaughtering them. Why? Because uh, if you go to oh, the store, stupid. the damn the damn shelves are empty. So like that doesn't yeah. make sense to me. It's like if if there's already more demand, then what it, what is it that's driving the the so-called impending uh, uh, crisis of you know a lack of meat in the country? Other than um, Granted, if you go to like a Tyson chicken farm where they've got the overgrown, antibiotic-ridden um, cannibal chickens, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're close and stacked on top of each other, a hundred high. I get it, man. Yeah, you know what? The more the more processed stuff, yeah, it's probably going to decrease a little bit because it's going to take more manpower to to continue to produce at the level that they probably did before, right? Might be and, better though. Might be for the best, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Oh, I don't. I tell you. But that. I'm ready. I'm ready to do. I tell you what. I, so I work in the oil and gas industry, guys. I don't know if you know that about me. Um, and I have for the last seven years. And you know the. Been that long? It's been it's been a, it's been a cool minute, going on eight years, bro. Um, I've been through two downturns already. This is number three. And one of the things I can tell you is the thing that started it was obviously the, the coronavirus decreased demand across the world because manufacturing slowed and so on and so forth. Right. But, uh, and I don't want to get into the geopolitical conversation about Russia and Saudi and all that. But one of the things I can say is, um, I, I I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm thankful for something like this happening, but at the same time, how are you going to grow unless you're confronted with a difficult situation? How are you going to, um, change your perspective unless you're confronted with something that changes your perspective. Right. Uh, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people have been made aware of. Like there's a lot of people working from home. There's a lot of people homeschooling their kids. Those are two things right now that I think, uh, a lot of people are finding out is a little more accessible and easy than, than maybe they anticipated for yeah. some, maybe it's more difficult, but, um, that's kind of an interesting perspective for me. It's one of the positive things that are coming out of this. I, I think you're right. And also people are starting to respect their their rights more. You know, people are telling them, oh, you can't come in the store without a mask. Well, I mean, you got your stupid mask on, so that should protect you, your magical mask, right? So why can't I come in here and risk my own life, you know? I, pe people are, are losing their minds, I think, over this. And... Uh, Nick, you remember <clears throat> I sent you that picture that said that you are living through the biggest psychological experiment oh, yeah. in the history of mankind. And, I was and like, it's I didn't like know that girl. Daisy Ridley <laughs> from Star Wars. Or, yeah, Star Wars. And uh, it's true, though. It's true. This is definitely, I mean, the social distancing stuff, the mask, the gloves, I mean, unless you take your gloves off after every transaction that you do, or interaction, I mean, it's pretty much pointless. It's, it's, it's pointless. Just making a cesspool of disease that's growing in, uh, in the glove. And I get it. And the particulates from this thing are super tiny. So if you're walking by a bathroom and someone's taking a dump and you got a mask on, guess what? You're still going to be smelling it. And inhaling that stuff because the new study that came out that shows that it does it does float in the air through fart particles, right? So, I mean, who I'm knows? Just saying, who, I'm just saying who that knows? mask is not going <laughs> to filter out 
the particles. That's I mean, it might help. Change venues here. All right, it might help, but I'd say that the situation <laughs> that we're experiencing right now, uh, it is also helping people, I guess, develop a mindset type of approach to things. So, like, people that have a weaker mindset are more than likely going to experience things like you just described. And then people with a stronger mindset who are seeing this as something like this is happening for us, not to us, are able to turn on the dime and basically say something to the effect of, like, I own a restaurant. My restaurant isn't able to sell. What else could I do to keep going forward? So maybe they change their business model where they're like, you know what? Why don't I come up with a kit like a picnic kit and I sell those over the phone or through the Internet? So people who want to have a dinner with their significant other, they can just go buy a picnic basket and then they can have it at home. Or find alternate ways. Uh, I know the Draft House has been doing things like that. They've changed their business model a little bit. They uh, had to. Exactly. Absolutely, absolutely had to. And there's there's no still a survive. There are other businesses. Uh, there were a couple places here in Austin, uh, North by Northwest. They were a famous brewery out here. Uh, they yep. didn't survive. Uh, Sam's Boat was another one. Uh, whoever the owner of the property is for the one out here decided that they were going to uh, not lease that back out and create their own restaurant instead. So there's something else going on there. But uh, I think it's mainly seeing what opportunities are there. Uh, I heard from a friend who's out in Houston area that uh, one of his friend's wives uh, started sewing the masks and stuff, and they got a group of their friends, all the wives of the friends that they have, and they just, they have a party where they just kind of like have a meet me or something. They're talking to each other and they're all sewing these masks. And uh, they were saying something like they managed to make something like $20,000 within the first week. It was crazy. Wow. Nice. I mean, that's the thing, man. How do you, how do you turn a terrible situation to something that's not so negative? Because, uh, I mean, suffering is inevitable, regardless, yeah. of, regardless of where you are in the world or what, what the circumstances are economically, um, within the family, financially. There's always going to be your winners, there's going to be your losers, and there's going to be suffering, right? So it's like how, how then are you going to be one of those people that can turn that negative into a positive? And that mindset, I think, is, I hope, pr- proliferating uh, among people. It seems to be. Uh, they're having to think differently and outside of the box to try to continue. And that's one of the things for me, I can tell you uh, on the, the topic of motivation, um, it, it motivates me. And one of the things I can tell you is, you know, being away from home for two weeks at a time and back for a week, you know, I, I'm motivated for myself in the situation, seeing these people thinking outside of the box to try to do the same for myself and and change my, my perspective, change my situation in order to... Um, make life just more enjoyable in general. And that, that does entail, uh, more time for things like music and, uh, family, um, loved ones. And, uh, we do all the jobs. Yes. (laughs) Um, some people are geared towards that, but there's a lot of people that aren't and they need society to be moving. Like, I'm so, you know, I'm sorry, they're cogs in a machine and they need that machine to be moving to be able 
to sustain themselves. And there's a lot of people, maybe you're right, maybe those kind of people are, are being forced to become more creative and more, uh, absolutely, you know, use their brains a little bit more and motivate themselves. Uh, but for the most part, like percentage wise, uh, we're looking at a 0.16 mortality rate on this thing. And that is pretty much the latest numbers. So you're saying, uh, not you, but the government and the CDC is saying we're going to shut down the economy, the worldwide economy, all the governments are saying this, over a 0.16 mortality rate. It's insane. What did they say? Two million people are going to die from this by uh, late April, early May. What is it now? I think I just checked it before we got on it's 60 it to six, compound uh, your numbers uh when people stay isolated they don't have the ability to interact with the environment and get all the environmental variables that build their immune yeah. system so yes by exactly. keeping yourself Dude. indoors also to a degree you are weakening your immune system yeah. so you exactly. either have to if you're going to do that you need to do like a 50 50 split spend part of the time indoors and then spend part of the time interacting with stuff to keep building your immune system so it doesn't yep. lay to waste. Uh, as far as like health and stuff, uh, I find myself, I've been doing uh, workouts through this on it program thing that we got nice. here in Austin. So I've been swinging a steel mace. I've been doing yoga and all this stuff. I never had the time for it before, but I certainly found the time for my health now. That sounds like a really like uh, opposite ends of the spectrum of swinging a steel mace and then doing yoga. Doing yoga at all. <laughs> What's funny is a lot of the positions you would do in yoga uh, help strengthen like all the ligaments, all the tendons, all mm -hmm. the muscles and stuff that you used to swing the mace. You need to have that balance within all that, all those uh, various parts of your body, and yeah. doing the yoga actually helps unlock or remove some of the tensions I've gotten that stuff. Absolutely. And uh, oh, I've, yeah, I've been impressed with the program. Doing that. For real. That's good. Nick, what have you been doing to pass the time? As they said. Well, yeah, I've been going through like a really uh, pretty much I get a, I guess a, a detox going on. Uh -huh. I'm gonna, I haven't drank in like a few weeks, like three weeks. And then, um, yeah, I've just been drinking water and uh, juices, and um, I haven't even, like, yeah, even smoking weed. I haven't, even though I'm in, like, the, you know, weed. Legal state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even, I don't know, it doesn't, um, I haven't needed to do that, just start running again, and, uh, yes, yeah, just trying to stay, like, fit and again you know waiting for the gyms to open up um because I, I feel like i rather you know like it, i don't know at some point it's like you want to be like a you know especially with playing like well yeah i've been playing quite a bit going to the studios and stuff so a lot of equipment moving um alone so nice. it's yep. you know it, you've been it renting like, studios the what? You're renting studio time? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, cool, like, man. you know, with all, all that, it takes a lot of energy uh, when you're, you know, that's like a lot of energy. 
Oh, hell yeah. Uh, so it's like I've, it's like motivating me to be even more, uh, to, to get more athletic, I guess, back, get back into the athletic uh, way of life, you know, like, I feel like the, you know, musicians today, um, you it, it's like you you're required not required but if you are a lot fitter you can get a lot more done um, a little bit easier compared to if uh, like I mean it, even going to the studios and stuff I would get you know like yeah you're gonna smoke and whatnot but it's like even that doesn't it it, it like hinders you you know like and I. And you go through these phases where it's like it doesn't. Well, you don't feel it hinders you. You're just doing it because it kind of reduces the stress levels and whatnot from work and you know yeah. life. But at a certain point, I yeah, like it's. And I don't know. I feel like you need to be like an athlete now just to like get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting older. Sure. You know, what's interesting about that, and, I'll, and this is something that I've I've just kind of been realizing recently. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this guy, and and this is somebody who I've I've known about for about a year, but I've been delving into a little more recently. His name's David Goggins. Have you heard of this guy? Not at all. So he's he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's been he's been on a, a bunch of different podcasts. He wrote a book. Um, he's an ex Navy SEAL. Uh, he is retired military. And he, he was a guy who was 300 pounds, out of shape, um, you know, terrible job, you know, horrible upbringing, had all everything working against him. And he decided one day for himself he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Well, how the hell do you do that in that position? Wow. Right. Um, how, how do you get yourself to a point in, in your mind where you're prepared to do what's necessary in order to achieve something like that? And, um, you know, one of the things that I've been doing recently is. Uh, so my dad, he's 57 and I got him to the end of the gym for about six years ago and he's in the best shape of his life right now. Nice. Um, but one of the things that's been very clear recently is having to try to figure out how to, how to challenge yourself physically in a home environment versus a gym is interesting because it, it, it makes you again, think creatively about how the hell can you do that? And uh, one of the things I've been doing recently is following along with some of these David Goggins workouts. And it's literally pushing yourself to a point where then you want to quit, but then you have to mentally tell yourself that it's, that's an impossibility. You can't do it. You can't quit. You have to continue going. So like if you can imagine, um, you know, setting a timer for 30 minutes and every minute on the minute you're doing 10 push-ups, but at the end of that 30 minutes, you've done 300 push-ups. You know, how could you use 300 push-ups in 10 minutes? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But either way, you're still challenging your body to do something within a specific time frame that's, that, that ultimately will continue to cause growth. And I, I find that super motivating because dude, how many people are out there that you know, maybe even yourself, that you, you take that easy way out in your mind and you don't press through that, that pain and that, that bullshit that you tell yourself like, Oh man, I'll just, I'll get it tomorrow or oh, man, I'll get it next week. Right. Or man, you know what? I'll finish, I'll finish these two reps when I'm a little bit stronger, like whatever the case is. Um, 
that's where that that mindset really comes into play. And like Nick, you were just talking about, it seems today, you know, even to be a uh, a musician uh, this day and age, it seems like you need to be more athletic because whether you're a singer, or a guitarist, or drummer, I mean, these are things that, especially on stage, are going to be more aerobic. You're going to have to move around. You're going to have to yeah. uh, challenge yourself to perform your craft but at the same time be at a detriment because you're in a position that you're not normally in right but unless you push yourself to exercise outside of that you're not going to have the cardiovascular ability maybe to pull that off right so how do you combat that you combine the two and and uh i think that's super important man i think a lot of people would benefit so much they're like you said nick musicians um that increase their physical endurance and abilities to match their musical acuity uh, in a way that the principle could potentially bring them to another level, right? Definitely. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I was, was going to say the, the principle that you're talking about, uh, I kind of encountered something similar to it. Uh, have you heard of the Wim Hof guy, uh, Wim Hof method? Yes, yes. So uh, I had a friend. I, take cold every day. I, I had a friend who <laughs> who literally yeah. was starting that up, and then he's trying to pull me into that. And it was I want to say this past winter when it got to about I want to say thirty degrees, and uh, I just said to him, "Hey, why don't we go into the swimming pool today? Oh, Let, let's shit. let's see what this let's see what this is all about." And. Uh, <laughs> The biggest, the biggest thing about it, like you said, when you throw yourself into these situations, uh, you have to do a lot of mental gymnastics, so to speak, to keep your mind focused on what is important. The moment you step in, if you start hyperventilating and all that, you're going to pass out. So you, you have to find, you have to find you a that. way, you have to find a way to control your breathing and stuff. So I did it did it for about 45 minutes and uh, in the pool? yeah in the pool it was my first time doing that but the other that's things i've been doing bro that's i mean that's really impressive 45. yeah the Damn. the thing that i guess helped me get to the point where i could do that i've been doing a lot of meditation stuff and just like yep. internal self-talk stuff and uh like you Breathing. said when you're in the position you're in the position there's no going back yeah, and you have to uh, you have to figure out how to make lemonade of the situation. So, for me, what I started doing is there were these stretches you do in Tai Chi where you kind of move mm -hmm. through the water, and mm -hmm. uh, I just started doing that in the water. And what was weird is I could feel like all my blood and stuff, kind of like moving <laughs> through. Ooh, it was very strange. And then when That's I got insane. out, when I got out of the water at the 45 minute marker with my friend and we came back inside, uh, it was just, uh, it was bizarre. Uh, you could feel your metabolism, like everything was just like, it felt like you were radiating heat, like you were a heater. Nice. That's that's pretty cool, man. And that's something I don't think a lot of people have experienced. I can tell you I've never done that. <laughs> it, it's crazy. And like to me to say to do that, it's not like you guys know me for the most part. I'm not the guy who's going to go bungee jumping and I'm not the guy who's going to fly a paraglider somewhere. But <laughs> is that healthy to do? It I is. Mean, it's healthy. It to, actually, it's healthy to do when you train yourself to a point to do it. 
and right. it yeah, will it will work. A lot of energy it, that way. Think of think of your your muscles. Whenever you're exercising your muscles, you have to contract the muscle, right? Whenever you're in a, a really cold environment, your whole right. cardiovascular system basically contracts. You're basically exercising your cardiovascular system with temperature. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty. Okay. It, it, there's there's some there's a lot of science behind that actually. Well, your body automatically goes into heat up mode. Like you probably your your ventricles like expand your your. Uh, you you feel it your like arteries I... and your veins, you know. Uh, they say, uh, if you want to sleep better, take a hot shower before you go to bed because your body will contract and the blood vessels will get smaller and your body will go into cooling down mode and you have to have a cooler body temperature to fall asleep. So I would imagine that would do the opposite, <laughs> you know? uh, kind of invigorate all of your you're, are you talking to talking yeah, to Yeah, so I wasn't blowing you guys kisses, I promise. Uh, my daughter came to the window here and she was telling me she's going to bed. So I was blowing her some kisses. Yeah. Good night. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what do you guys, I, just randomly, I was thinking, um, what are you guys listening to at the moment? Since this is kind of like a music oriented podcast, this one. What's what's in your uh, the two for me have been, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with City and Color, Dallas Green. Oh yeah, yeah. I've listened to a lot of that. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Amos Lee. I don't know if y'all you're familiar with Amos Lee. I sent Jason uh, a couple of songs from him. Very very interesting. I just came across him by chance, and uh, amazing musician, amazing singer, amazing guitarist, um, and between that that's like my softer side then the heavier side is as always kill switch engage um nice. uh, there's a couple of experimental bands i've been listening to polyphia <laughs> and uh plenty i don't know if you've heard of plenty pli and i if you guys haven't man He's check great. them out very cool um very motivating and uh also makes you feel like you don't know what the hell you're doing on the <laughs> <laughs> really He's really real. good. Yeah. For me, I've been, uh, yeah. I've been, Go ahead, I've been going through a couple different ones. I went through a '90s phase where I was listening to like stuff that we had back in the '90s. So it was like Alice in Chains, White Zombie, Sublime, okay. and then more recently, I've been going into some bluesy stuff. So like Johnny Winter. I was listening to Prince the other day. I was listening to Trivium, uh, Judas Priest, Live. Uh, there was a band I saw here in Austin called uh, The Rain Within, very 80s synthy sounding, uh, but it was interesting. I went uh, Orphaned Land, White Lion, Rat, Tesla. <laughs> oh, shit, Rat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary Moore. Are they? Yeah. yeah really if you want the epitome them. of like 80s metal, or go listen to Rat. <laughs> For real. Um,. I uh, I actually come on yeah right thrice uh, <laughs> yeah you're completely obsessed I, that show was amazing I'll <laughs> that tell was you a that good much. show that was so good uh, best show I've probably ever been to and I haven't been to a lot so that's not might not be saying much but 
they killed it. They sounded better than the freaking album. You know, that's all I ever want when I go see somebody live. I don't want to see you drunk. I don't want to see you high. I want to see you perform at the highest level, 110%. You know, because if your album's 100%, give me 110. Let's see what what, what happens. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, Finch, you yep. remember that band? There From the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. So they, they made this album. They got this producer to rent out this mansion for them. They set up a recording studio in this house out in California. And they recorded this album. It's called um, Say Hello to Sunshine. And it is the most ridiculously insane music I've ever heard. And I've been sending you guys the songs. Yeah. I don't know if you've been listening to them, but it's really like one of them is about how a serial killer is explaining how he, you know, tied the person up and what they did. And, oh, dude, it was kind of weird. And then some of the songs, uh, yeah, some of the songs are like rockabilly mixed with thrash metal. Talking about fish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they went they went from being like a mainstream rock band to extremely <laughs> hardcore metal, like horror metal. And then, <laughs> damn, yeah, I didn't know that. So I was, I love that album. It's so good. And uh, and then, as Joel, excuse me for just one minute, man. I'll be right back. Cool. And then uh, you know, rediscovered this Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> compilation that had you know jackal um dave mustaine's band megadeth megadeth uh metallica no metallica's not yeah right dave mustaine's band dave mustaine's band metallica anthrax uh freaking um just every hard hitter i think white zombies on that one right yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, is Pantera on it? I think Pantera's on it too. Pantera's not. No, they're not. Uh, Run DMC's on there. Uh, just like all these '90s heavy hitters. <laughs> Excuse me, Corona. Um, <laughs> what you say, Crom or Corona? Oh, he's like Crom. I was like, Damn you, Crom! The hell with you! Adhere to the lamentations of the women. <laughs> I uh, just watched that the other day. It's <laughs> such a good movie. It is. It's it's, it's so cool. really well done. It's 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 awesome. Yeah. Who who was that? Walter Hill that directed that? I forget. But it was written by Oliver Stone and directed by either John Milius or Walter Hill. I I forget. Dude, I always wonder what they do with all the props. Because, like, some of those props... There were some pretty you know, cool ones. Like, did they keep them at, in their backyard? They were epic. They yeah. really built that shit. That's I know, crazy. yeah. And it's like, dang. Like, like that temple, like the temple where, you know, he basically cuts his head off at, yeah. like, at the top and, like, throws it down the and stairs. rolls down. Yeah. yeah. It's at night and they have all the torches going. Dude, like, where was that? Epic. Like, <laughs> Like, where? I want to go see that. Like, where right. is that place? Like, yeah. It's probably all like plywood. And... <laughs> it's the best <laughs> work with plywood we've seen. Foam, a lot of foam used. 
Um, so what have you been listening to there, Nick? Oh, um, I do, uh, in new music, the uh, New Testament record is really good, Titans of Creation. Um, it is probably next to The Gathering. Damn. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it holds up to, like, I mean, it's heavy. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on. I gotta check um, that out. And, and yeah, it's really good. Like, and you would, you know, like give it a, a few listens, you know, it might not sit with your ears right away, but it is a really good record. Like, um, it's yeah. It next to like, it reminds me of the gathering, but like the gat, it's like if the gathering, if they gave the gathering, like some polish and more steroids, <laughs> yeah okay okay yeah. i could get into that cool. and, yeah uh, um, testament he was talking about testament oh yeah testament. yeah yeah they they just put out a new record uh and it's called titans of creation and uh, uh that's i listened to that and i got the the last slayer album uh finally although it came out like a few years back i just got it and uh, i've been jamming out to that nice it's, it's one of their i like it it's it's heavy and it's Slayer, and then uh, <laughs> on the soft, well, not soft, but um, I guess uh, what did I? I've been listening to like uh, I mean it's weird because like you know in the morning I'll put on like oh the new Tool album always like, yep. is on rotation either in the <laughs> car or in the on the computer. Uh, it's always yeah for some reason I, like every day somehow I listen to it. And um, yeah, I don't know. Have y'all heard? I know Sam's heard it, but it yeah. speaks to you every time you listen to it. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So, like my my world and my perspective consists of mostly kid stuff, and most of the stuff that I already know as far as music goes, I haven't quite expanded my horizons. But Tool has been in the in the toolbox, no pun intended, for a long time. Uh, but I have not heard the newest Tool. It's good. It's uh, it's amazing. These two guys are like, see, dude. The well, thing I like about Tool, Tool is like the, the first band to bring like off time signatures to the mainstream, right. and you know mm-hmm. uh, everybody knows that. But like you know what I'm saying. Tool brought that to the mainstream. That's something that you don't see very often. People don't necessarily identify with that so much unless you're very niche in the things that you listen to. So, um, you know, yeah, Tool is a very special band to me for sure. Uh, Maynard James is is just like I think about Dustin Kensrue from Thrice. Lyrical genius, um, melodic genius, and, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with them. So it's, it's something I definitely need to do for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there it's a was a thing that since you're saying you're listening more in the kids genre, they did take a few of the Tool songs <laughs> and they literally made it to where you could like listen to it with your kid because it yeah. had like it was just the instrumental like just the backing stuff without any of the lyrics and they softened it out. But what was funny is uh, they had uh, renditions of it like you could find. Uh, I think there's one called, it's 46 and 2, but it's by some group, uh, Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar or something. And they, they play it. and That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah so that, that's yeah. a way you can bring Tool to the children. <laughs> bring the Tool to the children. I don't really think that there's much uh, in Tool's uh, 
you know, history of music that, that really is too dark for a child. It's uh, it definitely is a deep thinking kind of music, but you know, I don't think they, they have like uh, negative vibes about them. I don't know. What do you guys think? Because you, you guys know them a lot better, but it's you know, talking about that, you know, <laughs> breaking up, going into the ocean, but but uh, it's just I, really good music, dude. Like it's badass. It's like you know, like good music. Yeah, and I don't think it comes from a bad place, really. I don't no. think any music really comes from a bad place. There's just yeah, it de- it just depends on your ear. Like how well, you... like you were just talking about uh, Slayer, man. You know, Slayer, they they wrote their music for entertainment purposes, for shock value, right? I mean, as far as like their their beginnings, like the the lead singer is a devout Catholic. Like, how does that make sense, right? And they're a satanic metal band. No, that's not quite the case. It's just, uh, but there's an audience for that. They actually sing about warnings that are in the Bible, I think, a lot more than, you know, maybe a Christian, quote-unquote, Christian band would. It's actually talking about, you know, the the fire and brimstone stuff that, uh, you know, the Christian singers of old. Yeah, they don't talk about that stuff because it's not necessarily well, positive the, or whatever. If you remember the new, Creeping new Death... Album, the the new album is called Repentless. Repentless. <laughs> yeah, Repentless. So you just <laughs> damn the hell. Apparently, yeah, like it's yeah. really cool. Like and and like the the lyrics are like really cool. Like they're like motivating li- lyrics. Like I don't know. Like I I like it. Like but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, that's the thing. It's like okay to be repentless. What are you repentant of? Um, what are what are your penitent feelings that that lead you to that mindset, right? At uh, this point, being repentless is a personal choice because you have the opportunity to repent. Well, yeah. it depends on the perspective, though. To some yeah, degree. you'd have to ask Carrie King. <laughs> like, I like don't know, you've like, done like, something like, yeah, that like, is repentless, like. I guess the question is, what does one consider wrong? Or something? That is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right, burn at the stake. Yeah. Artwork's really cool too. Like really cool. I still buy the CDs and records and stuff. So I remember sick. the first heavy metal show I ever went to. Um, I went to see. It was interesting because the headliner was stained. Nice. The uh, the opener the first. The opener for Slayer was Static X. Oh, so cool. Oh, static, static, static X and then Slayer. And uh, I remember so. That was the first concert me and my brother ever went to together. I was like 15, 14 or 15. Right and on. my parents dropped us off. And I never, I'll never forget that feeling, man, the, that first concert. And it's like mayhem. It's a fucking metal concert. You're looking Hell at yeah. Slayer as the headliner. Are you kidding me? Dropping a 14-year-old <laughs> off there. <laughs> yeah. There was lots of... Were you in the G- GA? Uh, like the mosh pit area and shit. Oh, dude, you know it, man. Why, <laughs> yeah. would you, why would you not be in there? You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't like that. But that was the first time I ever heard, uh, I'd ever heard Slayer. Uh, I'd heard Static X and Stain before, but um, that was my actual first introduction to heavy metal. 
And I started listening to older, like, right? obituary. Oh yes, and, uh, <laughs> that's obituary. Old yeah, it is good stuff. Craziness, man. It is. So Nick, um, you had said you were saying something in the thread. I think last night about how music in the you know if we're talking in generalization has just gone towards this corporate stuff and it's been a long time this it's nothing new but it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse mainstream music i can agree with that 100 percent. yeah yeah it's um well even a small group trying to get a deal they well that's a that's a thing dude like back in the day like you were given like a good amount of loaned a good amount of money to get out there you know and, uh, artistic freedom and, though you and know, if you notice the bands that are out there right now who are who are still big were the bands that were given a lot of money to go out there <laughs> and yeah. they're the ones no, still you're right. out there doesn't hurt <laughs> and you know like give give people a chance again you know like that's a, like give the right i mean like give musicians a chance to get back out you know like give me 200 grand i'll fucking show you you know like yep. i mean it's it's not that like it's like we put like all the time and blood, sweat, and tears into our craft, and uh, you know you're giving it to some 18 year old or 16 year old pop queen, you know, right? Bonnet. That has that has a, a a producer that writes their music. Uh, well, that's because we're dictated to to what's commercial and what's not, right? Um, that has been like, proven. Oh, this person writes hits. You know, writes hits. So they're going to write the music for this new little pop star. Well, they're maybe not even that. Maybe they have a shitty voice and their music sucks. <laughs> they can be produced and then marketed to it's an like, extent that then they're like, like hey, hey, you know, like voice modulations and shit. Like, so I hate that. They, crap. they do that. Like they use yeah. they use that. What is that thing called? Like the what's the I, I forgot the name of auto tune. Yeah. They use auto tune like it's a it's like like as if it's plugging into your amp now like like as if like you know it's a requirement to yeah. you know like oh you gotta have that and it's like, like it's its own instrument or something like oh yeah you know do you have your auto tune all right yeah like like Close. dude like what you know like is that <laughs> that's like it's sad it is you know so I have an interesting story um, so. I don't know if you guys, I, I know Jason knows this about me. Uh, I was in, in and out of bands for seven years. And one of the things that I did was um, I did two tours and uh, I played hundreds of shows. And one of the things that stuck out to me was this one particular show that we played. And it was a battle of the band show. And this was in Houston, Texas. It was at a place called Fuel. And there were label scouts in this show that were basically judges of the battle of the bands. And there was multiple genres, but it was like, there was only one band. Right. So you had like pop, you had funk, you had blues, you had, um, you know, just, just people up there singing to a, a backtrack. Then you had like my band, which is insanely heavy metal, but we brought the clean singing aspect to the metal, um, in that area that made us big. We won the Battle of the Band show. We had um, three different label scouts that were talking to us afterwards, one of them being Metal Blade Records. 
And the scout from Metal Blade um, at that night basically gave us some information. We were in contact with their people. We did um, basically a, a, a trial track. We went to their studio, recorded a track, and then we were approached by their management. And we were offered a deal. And the deal that we got was we were gonna we were gonna go on tour for six months, and this was for the next year. For that following year, we were on um, on the hook for a five song uh, demo, basically like a, a a five song album, like our our initial release. And they wanted to give us a $10,000 sign-on bonus. And we were like, well, badass, you know? Well, then we had somebody who, who we were in touch with that was sort of uh, not managing us, but just kind of guiding us that told us like, you know, you need to read the fine print. And basically what, what the end of the, at the end of the day, what the deal was, they were giving us a $10,000 loan to go on a tour that at the end of that tour, if we didn't pay back in merch and and you know heads at the shows, we were on the hook for it. Were you getting and money from the tour uh, from the shows? Nope. Outside of merch, yeah, that's so fucked. Nope. Up. And and that's the thing. So like we had it. There was another band in in the same area. We played shows with these guys. They took the deal. They took it. They took a separate deal that was very similar to ours. And for the next few years, they continued to struggle to make ends meet to to have the money for equipment and equipment malfunctions problems new strings uh cords microphones so on and so forth right to continue their process it's like how the hell is that making it in the music industry like yeah i got i got signed to a label but being signed I'm, to a label is not the best i'm thing. at a detriment now i owe the label and now they have me on the hook for five years and five albums and I owe them money. Like, how does that make sense? That, and that's, that's that's the way the, they've always done business, though. Yeah. I, I took a music class through Berkeley that was like uh, legal stuff for musicians. And uh, the entire thing, you remember, you remember when Prince did the uh, the artist formerly known as Prince? Yes. So the, the story behind that was uh, whatever company he was with who was producing the records and all that, they basically said if he had put the name as Prince on any of it, they would keep all the rights and would squander all the royalties he was going to get. He got sick of it, so he went through that phase where he changed all that. And it was like, if his name was on an album, it would basically sell There was at that point in time. So, the artist formerly known as Prince. He, he cheated. Uh, he, he actually formerly. did a lot of fighting for musicians' rights, so... That's one of the things that not many people think about, and uh, very strange, very interesting individual. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he uh, he did forge a pathway <clears throat> for musicians. I think the way that you want to do it now is probably going to be self-production, and yeah. uh, you're going to have to fund it. The other way to do it is buying onto a leg of a tour. You just uh, you get that CD like Nick has since he still buys CDs on the inside of the <laughs> liner. It actually has the, uh, it literally has whoever produced the album and on there, there's going to be someone like getting in contact. Like, let's say that that band is touring. If you can save up enough money, you could buy onto a leg of that tour to open up for that band. So I guess your question may be like, how do those bands get 
there. That's they cool. might have paid to buy onto that leg of the tour since without they know they get or whatever or without uh, studio interference or or um, contracts production companies. Uh, record companies, I mean, interference. That's cool, man. So th- that's well, another yeah, and, way to go about it. I mean, and and knowing, like, you know, the, the thing with all the bands out there at the moment, I haven't really come across any, I mean, there's, uh, like, new bands, like, that are, you know, like, when I see them, I just, I just see that they're regurgitating stuff that's already been done. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, and you know, the that's one. I I feel that's one of the reasons. Uh, the that's why it's so weird right now. Like when you you know, like Ryan, you're talking about like Metal Blade giving like ten grand, and and then they're making you basically a slave. You know, like that whole scenario, like. I mean, and I, I haven't listened to what you guys, like your band, was doing, or like you know what the other bands on that band, uh, Battle of the Bands, kind of like. And, uh, yeah. But I feel the, um, you know the the, like in terms of like a a new, like something new happening. I haven't really seen anybody. You know, like do that. Like, yeah. there's no Jimi Hendrixes or something. You know, or like, no new, you know, no, like, no like, a, like pushing the limit. You know, do you guys hear? Oh, I hear something, something in the background. Back. Okay. Weird. But yeah, I haven't seen. <laughs> We're derailing. No <laughs> technical yeah, difficulties. Know, well, now the now the echo isn't something. there. It's something better new, now. you know. And uh, I feel like the ones that are trying to do something different, uh, people are just, you know, because it's not they they want something that's already there, and that's the problem. Like you're not being open to what's not there, and. Back in the day, I feel we were more open to what was not there, you know, like with uh, bands like, you know, like the whole if you like the whole thrash movement, uh, if you watch uh, Blood, what was it that documentary Blood on the Front Row? Um, it's a really good documentary and it actually gives you like a really good like view of the the thrash scene when it when it started and all the bands that were involved with it, that doesn't happen anymore, you know? Like, and it, there, there's no, like, they were, like, really together. Like, that scene was, like, if you watch that documentary, I, I recommend everybody watch it, because you'll wow. see, like, where our, our favorite bands, like, you know, came up from. And, uh, you know, the given, and, and then given a chance to something new is, uh, like, you know something completely new like and I, I like there is there are bands out there that are like that that are you know like a this band called portal i don't know if you guys have heard of them they're no. it, when you listen to portal it's something that hasn't like it's like i haven't heard any like there's nothing out there like this like it's and just both with their like music and their visuals like i haven't 
you know. And uh, and I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there are other bands like Co- Code Orange too. I I think they're. Uh, I don't know if you guys have listened to them, but yeah, they're one of those bands and that are pushing it. And uh, you know, but I I feel like more there needs to be more of a uh, progression in like you know bringing out something that hasn't been brought out like or you know like a uh, a, a rebirth of like similar there should there you know, totally should yeah, be i feel you there totally like, should be because we're more connected now and the archive of historical access uh, to uh, i'm sorry access to music from all different ages, from the 1800s or whatever, all the way up to yesterday, is so much easier to access right now. So why aren't we getting better music coming out? Like, why aren't we getting game-changing kind of music? It's all cookie-cutter, uh, you know, fits in a little, tight little like box. I would frame that question, though, Jason. I would like to reframe that question. It's like, there is that stuff. It's like, why isn't that being made available to more people why isn't that the thing that's being pressed by the people that have the money that can push it exactly i mean there's there's a specific reason that but one of the reasons i asked that question is because um it all comes down to commercial marketability right god forbid people can think for themselves uh, and game changers are commercial commercially marketable and that's true right. too. To There's a market extent, for but... everything if you're an economics fan. <laughs> look at Metallica, you know. But look, I if you have if, if predominantly in the industry, you have you have these like Sony, Warner Brothers, um, you know, the plethora of the gigantic labels that right. sign musicians. Um, they're looking for a specific sound. And they also don't want the musicians getting too big for their britches. Yeah, but it, yeah. they want it to be different enough to where, like, okay, I don't know. One of the things I've been looking at recently is, and I don't know if you guys are aware of this, you have this move from this weird, like, um, it's like this gangster rap culture mm-hmm. to this, like, mumble rap culture. Mumble rap. Right. And they so, wear like but, purple hair and like yes. rainbow colored hair and tattoos all over and their face. This Takashi sixty nine fellow. Yeah, and they're all uh, like doped up on Xanax. It makes me embarrassed for some of these people to like see some of the things that they post on the internet. It's insane. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's disgusting. What I'm getting at with that is, you know, uh, okay, so like the one of the producers and the labels that a lot of these guys run under is okay, who who's P. Diddy? Who is this guy? Um, why is he the one that's the arbiter of what's cool and what's not? Right? Why is it that? And, and you know, there's a lot of stuff. You don't want to get. You don't want to. I know. I'm just. I'm that. just saying. But that's one of those things. It's like they want something different enough to market, to to say, hey, here's a new spin on this. But at the same time, they don't want it to be so different that it changes the game for them. Yeah, what and that's where I think is like a, a stifling of competition in a free market musical industry where you're going to have so much of a variety of different talents in music that you're only going to get a very minute portion of that pressed into the mainstream. And that's the unfortunate thing, man, is most of most people 
and I hate to say this, and it kind of hurts to say this, but most people are so asleep and not just to, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, current events, um, politics, uh, you know, being passionate about something, history, but music as well, man. And it's, it's a fucking shame. Excuse my language. I don't know if we can use that language on this podcast. Um, it's maddening, man. It really is. Uh, and I can't understand why people don't fucking see it and why they can't just use their imagination, man. I mean, we had such imaginations when we were kids, right? I can't, I can't even begin to <clears throat> tell you the types of shit that I used to think of when I was a kid and the type of music I started to get into. Um, dude, my, <laughs> one of the first, one of the first things I remember listening to was with my parents. It was uh, Michael Bolton. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you guys know Michael Bolton. We went through a phase. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's actually pretty badass, man. Um, yeah, that's that genre. Genre. But the interesting thing about that is that's what people loved back in those days. What then was being suppressed back then? That's the, like the type of thing I'm wondering. Was it well, like the metal, the heavy metal shit? Before, before you go too far, man, they've got these gangster, so-called gangster rappers dressing up in skirts and stuff and trying to push oh, that as like, this is what's popular now. And supposedly you're like some gangster rapper and you're wearing a freaking <laughs> skirt and it's like, that's what's popular. Okay. Who is pushing this stuff? Who is dictating these people? You know, they want to keep making how much money they're making. Who's telling them to put rainbow colors in their hair and and uh, act like total morons? To be honest with you, and why is that being pushed on children? <laughs> it's not funny. It's funny, but it's not funny at the same time. No, you're right. Okay, and so yeah, that that was the point I was thinking when you were mentioning the. Uh, the P. Diddy kind of thing going on there. Like, well, and he's one of them doing the thing. He's the whole one of them doing point, this. The whole point of that like tangent, and I'm sorry about that, guys. I kind of threw it off there, um, was to say, who's to say what's popular and what's not? And why Why are the people that do, why do, why do those people that do think that they have that authority? And they have ultimately it boils down to... Go ahead, Sam. I was going to say, they have it because of the money and the pockets and stuff that they control. The issue, though, is we need to get people who have access to platforms and self-produce. Like, Bandcamp has been phenomenal for allowing artists to just put their stuff up there, put their merch, create stores. And in fact, even with all this... Bandcamp? Yeah, Bandcamp.com. You hear that, kids? Bandcamp. Go to Bandcamp. Bandcamp. And you can find all sorts of indie artists there. Uh, the other cool thing is uh, with all the stuff going on right now, they sent an email out to people who've bought from Bandcamp before from any of these artists. They're reducing whatever fee they're charging the artist. So like, if you buy something within a certain time frame, the artist gets all the money. That's great. That, and that That's is amazing. Awesome, man. Yeah. And that, those kind of innovations is what needs to happen because this crap cannot keep up, you know, <laughs> like, are we going to sit here and complain about it or are we going or, or some of us going to innovate and try to push these people out? Yes, they will try to push back, but as well, see, that's an interesting, that's an interesting perspective because you go from 
being a musician that's trying to create music and trying to get it out to more people to being to playing politics to playing politics in an industry that then you have to create pathways like you were just talking about Bandcamp in order to try to to take some of the power away from the mainstream and pull it back and and I say I hate saying that word mainstream it's not the mainstream it's it's the pushed mainstream it's the force Um, fed yeah it's the force fed shit that that we need to combat against right so that's that's the interesting part about it and it go, that goes back to the beginning of this conversation motivations what is it that motivates you well whenever something makes itself known to you like a, a major problem in a system in an industry you have to think outside the box on how to combat that it's not just what you're doing right then and and continue to try to do that you have to literally think like you're going to battle with somebody and how are you going to beat that person? How are you going to beat that? I don't want to say person. How are you going to beat that entity um, to the mark? How are you going to push your, I don't want to say your agenda. <laughs> how are you going to push the agenda that you would, I would, it is an agenda. want to, to circumvent the agenda that's force fed. How's that going to be possible? Platforms. That's a that's a fucking great example, man. Bandcamp. I'm gonna check that out. I've never heard of that, and I'm surprised. But I'm gonna have to check that out, man. That's a great resource. And there was a, there was a great quote, just real quick. Uh, <laughs> evil always <clears throat> does really well for a long time because good people uh, don't usually like to make uh, problems and things like that. And they wait until things get so bad that good people finally stand up and evil is always defeated. And that's the way it's gone throughout history. And, you know, that's debatable in some aspects, but I find that to be true. Is when you're put in a corner, like you were saying earlier, Ryan, the best part of you comes out a lot or the the chance for growth it's it's growth that maybe you didn't even know you were capable of or maybe you didn't know that that the your community or society was capable of but it just it sort of springs forth because of this uh this external you know stress that's put on it without without notice you know it, it forces you to adapt and overcome it makes you stronger it makes you grow because you have to. <laughs> so here's a question spinning off of that. Uh, what would you think would be practices people could do to strengthen their mindsets and build up that bulletproof mindset where you can overcome these obstacles and keep going forward? What are the things that we all do that help propel us forward in whatever direction we're going? Like, what are those things? So let me let me tackle that a little bit. Um, and this is from my own personal perspective, but this is also, I think, true for a lot of people. Uh, when you really delve into your individuality, when you it's not the answers aren't outside of you, they're inside of you. If you delve within, one of the things that you'll find are and this there's a plethora of lists of this in every individual fear, doubt, um, self-doubt, insecurity, and so on and so forth. When you look at yourself, when, you, when you're when you reflective enough and, and intellectually honest enough with yourself to understand where your shortcomings are and are willing to attack those things 
and you're willing to spend a certain amount of time a day in that dark place in your mind going through that 80% of shit to get to the 20% of light, that 20, the 80% of darkness to get to that 20% of light, that's where the value is. It's not the 20% of light at the end of the tunnel. It's going through that 80% of fear, torment, shame, um, whatever the negative journey. emotions. It's that's 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 the the that is the goal to have the appreciation for that light once you reach it. Right. Um, I think if if people were a little more willing to self reflect and realize where they're being soft. Um, and and increase their capability, whether it's 1% a week or 10% a week, 1% a day, 10% a day. It doesn't matter what the percentage is. As long as you're progressing, like you, you touched on this earlier, Sam, um, as long as you're progressing and and you know that you it's tangible, you can see it 100% every single day. If you're doing something to better yourself, to become a better version of yourself in any scenario, whether it's with music, whether it's with a relationship, whether it's with... Um, your career, whether it's with a hobby, something that you want to pick up, that you want to learn, as long as you're willing to accept that there's going to be some suck that goes along with that, and you embrace that suck. I hate to say it, I say it like that. It's true, though. If you embrace that, and then at the end of the day, you're going you're gonna to grow. And ultimately, once you reach that whether it's a finish line or goal, whatever you set for yourself, um, long-term, short-term, whatever it may be, it's going to be that much sweeter because you respect the process that much more, right? Um, and that's the mentality you have to have. You have to know, I'm going to have to go through a world of shit to get to the thing that I know I really want, but it's going to make it that much sweeter once I get it, right? Hell yeah. That's what you have to be able to be prepared to do, and that's very difficult for a lot of people. You have to go through some pain, man. You got to go through some suffering. Suffering is ubiquitous in life. My you brother, have to make sure that you go through that shit in order to appreciate what you get on the other side. My brother uh, referenced, or, or uh, what do you call it? He, he uh, wants me to read a book called uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy. And so what this book talks about is <clears throat> exactly what you're saying, but to... Free yourself of this idea that you have to please everyone along the way. Sometimes you have to be a little bit selfish to get to that goal. And you kind of have to break out of that social norm of, you know, you got to be this way or that way. And you got to think about your kids. You got to think about, you know, your priorities, your mortgage or whatever it is, your bills you have to pay. And where you can cut the fat to get there quicker, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It's it's a uh, that was said by I a whole lot of really those. Gotten into it too much, but uh, once I do, I'll talk to you guys about it. There, there's a couple books though, like uh, like your brother David was talking about, where they basically say before you can help others, you need to know how to help yourself. And right. in that process of Good. doing so, you will like you have to lift yourself up. Like if you're drowning, you can't expect to save everybody because once you're gone and dead, 
who's going to be there to lift. You're not going to be there to lift. So you, well, you can't expect somebody else to lift you out of it as well. Exactly. All right. I mean, Nick, you've you've actually been living this for I don't know how many years. You've been you went to Dallas. You don't really know anybody in Dallas. Now you're in Colorado. You don't really know anybody in Colorado. <laughs> like, how do you deal with it? And and are you learning anything like what, yeah, what we're talking was, about? Here? Yeah, you gotta you know. I mean, I'm just in search of my tribe. You know, everybody has a tribe. <laughs> Nice. And I'm in search of physical. I mean, I I love you guys. You know, I've known you guys since high school and all that. But uh, your tribe is it's like my unit and uh, and my musical unit. And I'm still searching for it. So I figured I tried in Texas. Uh, I tried my hardest in Texas. Uh, apparently, that place doesn't. You know, it's the world is a big place. You have to understand. Uh, and so there is always every warrior will take a journey and this is just part of my journey to wherever I'm supposed to go so so far I'm here in the mountains and uh, (laughs) you know that it's like that's where I'm at right now but being here I like it here Uh, you know I like the senior the metal senior is is a little more together than it is in Texas no offense to the Texas scene, but, uh, and it, you know, in Texas, I found they want a certain look. They want a certain, you gotta be a certain this and that and blah, blah, blah. I got tired of all that. Uh, you know, and I tried, I really tried. I was in a lot of, I was in a lot of bands trying with people like we, you know, and I mean, um, I know me and Sam, we have a band. We still have a band, but we got more listens over COVID times. You know that that one's on pause, but you know it. Uh, but yeah, this is our. You know, you have to go like you have to journey out. Uh, I mean, that's just how I see it. You know, um, there's a that's why it's one of the reasons I I didn't you know like uh, I don't know like it's like I've you, you know sometimes you're given your cards right and this these are my cards and i'm just trying to deal with them you know and uh yeah i hear that hell yeah i hear that i just always thought like you really did walk a tough path you know (laughs) you really have uh really fought for what you believe in and uh you still believe in it and that's that's honorable and i guess you know you got to do what you got to do to survive day to day you know have a, a job that pays enough but you're still searching for that <clears throat> yeah and i think everybody is searching for you know your tribe and where you belong and all that stuff and uh you know i just know that i want to play like that's the only thing i want to do like mainly and then you have to deal with the other life stuff you know and it's balancing out slowly you know i'm figuring out i'm not good at everything you know like i I suck at a lot of things so i'm you know you work at like uh ryan was saying is ryan still there (laughs) i don't know he's pausing you there keep going nick you got okay yeah um but yeah you know you uh, it's 
I forgot what I was saying. You're talking about you still go <laughs> through the your tribe. Embrace the suck. Embrace the yeah, suck. Yeah. Embrace it, right? Yeah. And there then, he is. What's up? All right. Dude, what's up, man? My damn phone died. Oh. oh everybody froze up on my end. Oh, really? It's like, yeah. I'm, sorry. I'm just looking at your picture while you talk. That's cool. It's all good. We were yeah, talking yeah, about the hero's journey. Uh, yeah, like, uh, so I, uh, you just have to, it's a, like, every, you know, every warrior story, like, has a, they go on a journey, and that's, that's the only, you know, you got your shield, or your sword and your shield, which is usually your intellect and, um, you know, your spiritual beliefs, uh, and you take them with you, and you go out, and, uh. Yeah, hope, and, you know, if, you know, like, I, I feel if you continue to pursue it at some point, you do find these, like, stages in life where you do hit these goals, uh, which are small, like, but they're, it's like a steady kind of pace, you know, it's not, you're not going to find the, whatever you're trying to find, like, right away, I think it takes years and years, and I feel, uh like taking the path of a like you know a musician or an artist you're kind of going against uh especially right now it can be discouraging or people are can discourage you because you're not you know you're not doing what everybody you know everybody else is doing right you're not falling in line that stuff you know uh i mean and it, and i mean the the uh, yeah, the balancing is important, and I, I feel you're always learning about that, or like this, it's like a self-learning mechanism, like teaching you that. Because I, like I was saying, like yeah, I suck at a lot of things, so those things I'm always trying to like get better, and uh, you know, for me, it's the things that I suck at are like you know, the, uh, keeping a you know like your other the job that supports your other work you know or like getting working at becoming i guess self uh self-employed that's one of my goals as well jesus that, that and i, I think all of us have that we have that you know in, in all yeah. health, but we want to get to a point where we don't have to go to a stupid job and do stupid shit for stupid people yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like I at, a, at a certain point, it's like, like I would rather work 20 hours a day in a, in the studio working at my riffs and like making sure I'm getting the best, I'm giving my all to the my craft than having to do a whole week of 40 hours at some place and then getting like two days to work on my craft and, you know, like that way. Okay. But I'd rather, I'd rather have it to where it's like, you know, you, you give it, whatever you want to do, you give it like 110. And it should be that way. I, I think, I, I feel like here it's kind of a little weird, uh, especially right now, it's a little harder. It takes longer. Uh, you know, in the 80s, uh, I mean, Motorhead started, Lemmy started Motorhead when he was, when he turned 40. 
So before that, he was like roading and doing his, uh, you know, he was in Hawkwind. So there are other bands and we all have like, we were in this band, we're in that band, and now we're going in this band. But I feel the, you know, you just don't stop. And and that's the main like, thing, right? It, you know, the, don't stop. the motivation is for like, you have everybody and their like mom telling you that it's, you're not going to make it. And that's where I'm at. Like, you're not like, you you would have already made it if you were to be and i've heard people tell me that and you know it's like like uh it Who can are be you? yeah depending oh, on like your mindset you know obviously every warrior is going to face enemies and these are your enemies these people who don't believe in you it, it may not be sword to sword like you know how we picture it but it's more of a mind thing you know and they're what the problem is that they're just envious that you're actually pursuing what you've wanted to pursue since you started, you know, and you're still doing the same, you're still working at that same thing. And they have no clue as to how powerful what you have is, you know, and, and like when they do see it, they will, you know, like sometimes it's like you got to think of it as a giant jigs like this giant puzzle like or a uh one of those puzzles that kind of like changes you know on its own and it's working its way and that's life right now you're like you may be you you know you may have to wait till it reaches a certain kind of configuration for you to really step up you know and like get to where you're like when you get to that spot where you're supposed to be at and you haven't gotten there yet because the puzzle, the world is still configuring itself, getting ready for the day where you're going to get on that field and they're going to be like, holy crap, you know. Have you ever had those moments in life where you have extreme amounts of emotion and anxiety about something and you know it's one of the most important things that you're going to do and you you either don't do it or you do it? Yeah, you when you get on, I mean, right, you know, you guys, when you get on stage, that's like, it, it doesn't matter if there's 10 people or a hundred or a thousand. When you get on stage, like to me, that's, it's like, I'm Conan the Barbarian when I'm on stage, you know, and the, like, nice. it's over. Like you, you're not going to live, you know, like I'm on stage. <laughs> that's it. You know, Face like, that's, what happens. Your shield or that's what happens when I get on stage, you know? And like, we save that. Like you, like everybody telling you shit. You're everybody at work giving you shit. Work giving you shit. You just and that's the thing. Like I've gotten to a point where I, it's like I, you you want it to where you use all that, but you use it, you you use that negative to push you stuff forward, thrown at you, but you keep it, knowing that when you're at your battlefield, which is the stage or wherever it could be, you're going to lay the law, you know, you're going to sh- give him, you know, give him hell, you know, and uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm not stopping, I don't care, like, I don't care if any, you know, even if I in, even if I don't, in terms of making it, like, quote unquote making, I don't care about that, I the main thing is to keep doing it like, that's the main thing that's doesn't the matter goal, about man. That's the, the process, the process is the destination 
right? Yeah, right, right. yeah. And not, and not having is, like, oh, I'm a failure if I don't make it, quote unquote. Um, but just doing something you love, and if you can play your music and people like it, I call that a win. Hell yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, if they like it, that's and they understand it. That's a a, a good. It's a bonus. I uh, as long as I like what I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> no more even with painting. Guy. Even with painting, I if I draw something or paint it, as long as I like it, I don't give a shit what you think. Your paintings. I, are I like it. That's the whole. Good, you know, if you I like it, that's like, it. it's it's a cool. It's a it's another bonus. Like I don't care about. You know, but my, you know, that's the thing. My ears and my eyes want to see something that I don't see. So, you know, uh, they, you know, you will, it takes a while, like, to really hone, you know, it's yeah. like your work, like you're trying to create something that's not there. It's it's a harder thing to do than when you're trying to, when you're just doing, oh, like, you know, if you get with a band and you're like, hey, we're going to be a thrash band. Okay, that's pretty easy. It's very easy. I I already know what a thrash band is. I know that. But what if you get with people and you're like, hey, we don't know what this is. We want to. It's something else. Like we don't know. That's harder. It's it's a lot harder to grasp, you know, because you don't know. It's like an like a. You're trying to create something that doesn't exist, which is you're a you're figuring it out as you go, and you're you're not quite sure where you're headed so it's harder to get there right yeah but but the the that journey those journeys are like very fruitful like when you when you get to the you know the when you achieve uh the vision you know and uh yeah you you just gotta keep going like and that's what i'm doing you know see i like the way you put that it's a, a warrior's mindset so like if you if you go if you attack something, um, no matter what it may be, and whether it's something like music or your career or uh, a relationship in a way that's strategic, tactical, efficient, and uh, intent, uh, filled with intent, I mean, there's no way you can fail, man. Yeah, yeah. also uh, organic. And then if you're if you're willing to put the work in, if you're gonna yeah. outwork the guy that's that's you know. Uh, stage right uh, who who cares who it is man as long as you know that you're going to outwork that person I mean at the end of the day there's there is no failure with with that and in that mindset right yeah and uh, I, I feel a lot of people today are being discouraged uh, from being like that you know they're uh, it's like no why don't you just you know keep this weird job that you have and uh, just play video games all day that's all you're mm-hmm. going to do it's yeah. a time suck. I, I know, like, there's, you know, like, and I'm not saying video games are wrong. I'm not saying, you know, but it's like, you know, at some point you're going to get to, like, you, you're you going to have to f- figure out what you want to do. And if that's what you want to do, then good luck. But don't make that rule apply to me or anybody else who's trying to be or trying to do something with their life, a little with something uh, with a little bit. A little more meaning to you know to it, and uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is you can tell the people that do have what you're saying right off the bat, um, especially with the job that I work in. You know, there's people that 
are force fed their information, their feelings, their emotions by the controllers that be, the media, movies, and all that kind of stuff, music, you know, the, the mainstream stuff. And then there's uh, like an artist or somebody that's a self-made person will come up and interact with you and, and say something that breaks that mold it, to where you know right away this person doesn't think on that level. They're thinking on the different level. Yeah, I mean, everybody we look up to, our, our heroes, um, are like that. They're the guys who get shit done and like get some, you know. Uh, I mean, and you gotta understand, you are not if if there if somebody's like you know the like everybody thinks if you're gonna be in a band, it's gonna work out like uh, how it worked out for Metallica or how it worked out for. Uh, you know, some other band, like any other band that's out there. Mm-hmm. It w- it's not going to be that because that's already happened. Your story is different and you have to accept that. You know, we all have our own stories and it's different. It doesn't matter. You, it could be, you might, it might be like, you know, you might turn your 50th year might be the year that you play your first, uh, you know, open air festival. <laughs> you know, maybe that's how it is. It's. It doesn't have to be yeah, your 19th like birthday where you play Day on the Green and, and you're badass. You know, that was for them, not for maybe not for us. But it's already. If it's already happened, it's not going to happen again in your lifetime. You have to. Your story is going to be different, and you have to be okay with whatever's happening. It's that's your story, and you know, I feel it's like- good to have a different story not the same story, you know, make like, your own opportunities as they come. You have to yeah. you figure out what it is and do it. Yeah. You also have to be of, okay with just being okay. You know, you know that, maybe you and, don't make it, but you're still okay. Well, it's, it's right. not, I mean, that, like back in the eighties, it was different. So, okay. Like when the thrash scene started, uh, there were only like a handful of bands doing that. That's why those bands got big because they were given, you know, people. And at that point, there was still pouring money into bands. You know, they were given good, good, good amount of money for you to get out there and play your stuff. You know, and they did. They were, you know, they're awesome. You know, but it's like it's a little different now. The world's population is a lot larger. There's a billion bands out there. A billion, literally, <laughs> like. I don't, I don't, if you go to uh, Encyclopedia Metallium, is that it? The archive? Yeah, there's, the, like a, there's metal a metal archive. archive. Yeah. Of, of like every band on the planet. And you look at the amount of bands that are on there, it's ridiculous. Okay, so you're against all those bands. Then you got to find, you, you're looking for your, your, your crew, your, you know, the guys who, you know, that you're going to go to battle with and... That's another, like, a whole nother like, That is a thing. struggle, man. <laughs> You're trying to find someone who actually has the heart to want to do it and is clean enough to do it. Yeah, in some cases, because... the hardest part. Yeah. Well, well, you you got to find people with like minds, too, because, like, it, whether your talent meshes, whether your, your music meshes, whether your perspectives mesh is a huge thing. If, if, y'all don't, if y'all aren't on the same page... Um, you know, it's not just like you, you keep bringing up that that warrior mindset. If, if there's not another few people in that tribe, in that group that aren't 
trying to achieve the same thing, then is it going to be worth it for you to toil um, in, in order to try to make that work? Or should you, uh, should you try to make a move, right? Should you, should you move? Should you not? Um, and that's why, and I'll, I'll tell you this, um, I made the decision after years of playing and, and doing shows and, and touring and all that, um, to, and I, I, I felt it within myself that it was time for me. It's not just to not, not to quit that, but to, um, transform into what I saw myself being as far as like a husband and a father. Um, that's one of the things that, that really hit me. I met my wife when, um, I was, it was, I was in the peak of my success in music. And, um, after that, it wasn't that that caused the downfall. It was realizing what was more important to me in that time that led me to the decision. And this was after the battle of the bands. And I, I realized how difficult it was going to be to make it in that industry. Um, and it made it a really easy decision to, to choose the, you talked about meaning, you know, there's a lot of meaning in music, right? But there's also a lot of meaning in relationships in life, being, being a husband, being a father, being, being a brother, being a son, those types of things are, are very important too. So it's like, you got to weigh all those things out in, in that journey. Um, and what are you willing to sacrifice to make it right? Um, and, and not just to the standards of the people around you or society at large, but for yourself. Like, what does it mean for you? Like, I feel like I've made it because I have, I have a, a beautiful wife that I love and I have two children that I'm trying to, to make sure are in a better mindset than I was when I was their age. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've made that. And that's one of those things, like, I still... I haven't necessarily let that reflect in the music I play yet, but at, at some point it's going to happen. And you I know, will. I know it's going to be and, good. And I'll be able to share that with them. You know what I mean? Like how, how often, like I wouldn't have thought to myself 10 years ago that I'd be in the position I am now, but it is what it is. And, um, I couldn't be, I, it, as far as I'm concerned, I couldn't be luckier or happier with the situation. Right. Even though I'm not in a band, I'm not, I'm not on the stage. I'm not necessarily like pushing my message, um, but I'm still able for myself to use music as a release, not just a release, but a way to express myself to myself and to my family um, that, that I think is as fulfilling as it was to random strangers, whether it was like you said, Nick, like 10 people uh, or a hundred or a thousand, it doesn't matter. Um, because my biggest fans are all now always going to be my kids, right? So, <laughs> interesting. It's an interesting, very sweet perspective, for sure. Oh hell yeah! And what you're homeschooling, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're really hundred percent and all that shit. Yeah, hundred percent. Very good. Very good. I don't know, Sam. I haven't heard from you in a while, and. Uh, Speaking Wanting, on the still alive? <laughs> yeah, speaking on the yeah. education front, uh, the situation we're in has also affected that for people who didn't do homeschooling quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, there are a lot of uh, programs and things for certain families where kids would go to school in order to get meals and things. Also, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. 
with the way that things are going now, uh, it's kind of displacing a lot of uh, people. There might be some kids at the tail end of this who, instead of going to finish high school or something, they may be making up for lost wages that the parents didn't get and things like that. And it's gonna, it, there's gonna be all sorts of disparities and things that are gonna happen. But, it's happened uh, before. <laughs> and we yeah. also, you know, our ancestors survived and uh, will survive. It's just, are we gonna step up to the plate? All this kind of goes together, really. I think the warrior mindset, though, is going to be the key for everybody going forward to be able to succeed at whatever they endeavor to do. And those kids are going to need that, and they're going to need to rely on yourself. Um, Or or relying on. What's the difference between. That's the difference between a, a collectivist mentality and an individual mentality, right? individualism is is where it's at whether you're talking about uh art or um a healthy individual is the is the core of any society so you know it goes hand in hand man just right you're just saying right there sam there's a lot of disparities that are going to happen and but there's a lot of people forced into situations they weren't necessarily anticipating so it's going to cause a little bit of turmoil but it's also going to cause a lot of growth um People are going to win. People are going to lose. And ultimately, as long as you continue to have that warrior mindset, that that mindset that you're going to outwork the guy next to you, no matter what the situation is, um, there's no way you can't be successful for yourself or your family. It, either way, you're you're as long as you have that mindset, you're going to win. There's no there's no doubt. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the core of it. Whatever endeavor you choose, you need to put your heart into it. You need to put all of your being into what it is you're doing. There's going to be obstacles along the way. It's there for you to show you where to grow and how to grow. And you need to figure out at that moment what decision is going to be the right decision for you to help you get to the next level of where you're trying to get. Yeah. So, so as... I'm, I- I'll tell you this, these Generation Z people, because I just had to get rid of my entire staff pretty much and I had to replace them. And these young kids are so freaking, they're like sponges, man. And we got some competition. So, you know, all of y'all better, and myself included, better tighten our belts because these guys are coming out like these. Uh, they were raised on the internet. They just have so much wealth of knowledge in front of them uh, that uh, you know we're all millennials, whether we like to say it or not. But Here's uh, the... we don't mentally fall into that uh, category. But we are millennials. Here's like, what are the... they called? Generation Z. Generation Z, man. I could it's care less guys, what it's called. I could care less what it's called. But the one thing you do have to realize, the way that you're going to outgrow anything like that is neural plasticity. You need They're to amazing. find a way. The only thing they don't have is that grit. I like that. They they have to have grit. And grit. So, so that's what I'm trying to teach. Look at the hands. Yep. <laughs> You see these hands. <laughs> <laughs> you see yeah, these calluses. See, I'll, I'll tell you this, man. It, one of those things, I can tell you, I was a, um, 
I was a supervisor for a hydraulic fracturing crew for a number of years. And one of the things I can tell you 100% is there's no substitute for hard work, man. Uh-huh. When, when, you, when you're used to and you're adapted to putting in 100 hours of work every week, and not only 100 plus, but then on top of that, a lot of it's manual and you're, you're in all elements of weather. It doesn't matter if it's snowing, if it's raining, if it's 120 degrees outside, you're fucking out there and you're doing it. Um, people's true nature really comes to light very quickly when you put them in a difficult situation. And uh, I, can, I can tell you this, more times than not, I've been able to tell somebody's true grit, as Jason puts it uh, in the famous movie, um, and, and sum it up within a 12-hour period. And that's easily ascertained through a work ethic and an ability to continue that mindset that does, enables you to push through difficult situations. Dude, can you imagine 120 degrees, you're carrying you know 100-pound-plus 100 pieces of iron and hammering for 12 hours plus. That's some shit, man. You put any regular person in that situation, they're going to fail. They're not ready for that. They just walk off one of the other. And, and, well, that's you what know. I'm saying. But at the same time, then you find the people who have that mindset. They're like, you know what? Maybe I'm not necessarily able to do this yet, but I'm going to fucking do it anyway. Right? They, maybe they don't do the best job, but they're still trying. And and that's the whole thing. As long as, long as you're still pushing forward, man, that's the, that's the whole – that's the key. Hard. Um, that's like 80% of it. Like, I've like, seen guys like that progress – uh, faster than even than I did in, in that field because they're willing to outwork the guy next to him. And that there's no, like I, I'll always say it, man, there's no substitute for hard work. As long as you're willing to outwork the guy next to you, you're going to succeed. Let, let no me just outside. say in that vein, if we were, if I was stuck on a deserted island, I think you guys would be, <laughs> and then some hot women too. On top of that, but. <laughs> I'd be comfortable being stuck with you guys because I, I don't think you would be a bunch of pussies. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, have you ever thought about that situation? Like, if you're oh, yeah. if you're st- like a shipwreck or something and you're stuck on some fucking godforsaken island in the middle of the Pacific, who would you want to be there with? You know, and there's some people in your life you're like, nope, 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 nope. Right, yeah. Nope, 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 nope. nope. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's a good question. You okay, guys, let me let me ask you this then, Jason. If that was the situation, not only who would you want to be with, but what would be like the the three items that you would want to be there with you? Obviously, a knife, rope, and if there's a firearm, that would be great. But uh, I would <laughs> I would actually go for a lighter more than a firearm. Okay, all right. Or like some sort of like flint, flint and steel or something that to light a fire, you know. I would think that at least the knife would, uh, <laughs> the knife would be able to be the steel, and then if you have, uh, you could find flint anywhere for the most part. Plus, you can make rope. Um, you can make rope from like vines and things. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. I, I would say maybe you, I'd say a knife, a tarp, and uh, tarp is good. I would say probably an axe of some sort. Okay. <laughs> Nick, he's uh, like a guitar. Well, yeah, I, def- I mean, what is this, is this like a plane crash or something? Or? 
Uh, whatever. <laughs> you're just stuck on an island. Right. I mean, it depends. Like, if you're uh, definitely my guitar. And, um, oh, that's a good one. And uh, yeah, and and obviously a weapon, yeah, a knife or an axe or. Uh, but yeah, the guitar needs to be there. I mean, if I what was a guitar, guitar I'd have the guitar. A so. If you needed it to be. The what? The guitar could be a weapon if you needed it to be. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah just Axe take that one of, one of those strings, you know. The thing, <laughs> well, the thing about a knife is it's a weapon, but it can also be used to create new weapons. Well, so. it's a tool. Yep. It is yep. a tool, yeah, just like a firearm. But um, anyways, I don't know how we got on to that. <laughs> Sorry, well, it was, the, it was the island question. Like, who would you want to yeah. be stuck with? What tools would you want? And that's a very valid question. Like, I'm just saying, I think we would survive if it was us four. I, I believe we could. <laughs> I believe we could. We got a, enough mindset here and enough, I would say... We have a tribe here that could function on its own if it wanted. Hell yeah. Two, two Eagle Scouts and two badasses. So, and Sam, are you Eagle Scouts? Eagle Scouts yes, are sir. badasses. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Way back in yeah, the day. I'm not an Eagle Scout, I can tell you that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can tie some knots. You weren't even a Cub Scout. <laughs> He's still your brother, and you're going to take care of him. <laughs> I don't have to take care of Ryan. Ryan will figure it out. Oh, shit. He's got grit. He's got the grit. grit. <laughs> I grew it, man. I didn't have it to begin with, but I grew it. It can it can be learned, man, for sure. In the wilderness, you have to find the things that are available for you. I don't even know what kind of... Hey, it, it, yeah. I was trying to do, like, Zimbabwe, but I'm not good at it. Hey, man, guess what? You're racist. You're... <laughs> Hell no! I'd, I'd probably take a fucking tribe. How dare you? Anybody. Yeah, come on. I, I would say if you have shoes, maybe. If you don't have shoes, you're not going anywhere, Jason. <laughs> right, so let's just say you have shoes. See, everyone assumes in this, so maybe one of the items that should have been brought was shoes. That should have been, like, the number one item. It's like, I'll figure out the loincloth and all the rest later. I just need shoes. Hey, man. Start off in a pair of combat boots and nothing else. Come on. Hey? <laughs> a knife on your hip and combat boots and you're naked. That's a good way to start. I mean, that's a new reality show right there. <laughs> Yeah, naked, naked and afraid, but that's barefoot. Thrown into the wilderness with combat boots and a knife, completely naked. And like, it's like a scene of him, like, like chasing down a boar and killing it. It's like five hundred million views. It's like that that scene in Captain Fantastic, the movie that Ryan and I both saw, where the kid comes out of like he's covered in mud, and then he literally mm -hmm. like holding a deer and stabs it in the neck. Yep. And then he takes yeah. a bite out of the heart. Yeah. Well, did, that's did that rite of passage. Did you ever have to go to Camp Challenge, uh, Sam? We did. Did a, you go to Camp Challenge? We, we did a few. So which, which of the many? Like, we did the Camp Bullis thing where we were out at kind of boot camp, and then we did... Uh, 
Right. Did you drink the chicken blood? Ate the hearts, drank the blood, ate the maggots, ate the the squirrel, ate the the rattlesnake, ate the, uh, I ate everything. I didn't drink the chicken blood, and I didn't eat the chicken heart, but I did eat the maggots. God damn, those were salty. Yes, and then the, (laughs) the little ants that when you cook them, they taste like little lemon drops. Yeah, it was cool, man. Like, uh, the instructor is like some sergeant major that fought in Vietnam. He's like, all right, so we got this chicken here, right? And he, like, steps on its neck and, like, twists its head off. He's like, which one of you is going to drink this fucking blood? Pours it in a cup. And one of the guys stood up and drank it, and he was like, you're a fucking idiot. I wouldn't have drank that. Oh, man. It's quite an experience, man. It's good stuff. Um, talk about his character. Yeah, yeah talk about uh, survival mode, beast mode, or uh, warrior mindset. That's always good to have some of that <clears throat> in your repertoire. Yeah, being, on, being on tour, that mindset does kick in quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine. I, I couldn't even imagine going fucking city to city every night. Oh, I loved it. I was like, Good Lord. I'm a, I don't know. It's, you have to like it. Like, you know, like you have to, you know. The stuff it you see. Like, you know, <laughs> but if you have a family and you're away from your family, I I feel like. It's like a, it's like a quest shit. slash adventure, man. Um, yeah. It depends, it depends on the situation. But uh, a lot of times you're like, we were. We didn't have any planned place to like crash. It was either in the van, um, a cheap ass motel, or Damn. we'd meet some people at the show that were like, "Hey, man, y'all come chill with us and come crash our place tonight." That, but that was some of the most fun shit that happens on tour, right? Whenever you're in those situations where you're kind of unsure of what's going to happen, um, it, <laughs> very interesting. My so old- you remember Hutch? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember Hutch. Yeah, his band was in town. They were playing at Zombies, and I went to the show, and they didn't have anywhere to stay. They were going to drive back to Austin. I was like, let's fucking just stay at my house. And (laughs) that was, yeah, dude, it's so crazy. Like, you're on tour. You don't have a hotel. My structural engineering prof, his son was in a band. Uh, They play a lot of country music in Texas. And he was telling us stories. He's like, my son has told me many stories of how they were living out of the camper that they were driving, and then they would all be eating out of the same can of beans. That's how that's how bad it got at some points. But they were still having yeah, still having fun. But heading to the next gig and all that. The hobo dinner. That's right. Can of fucking beans. That's right. You never how, know how slim you can get until you're on tour for a year. <laughs> until you're on bean dinner diet. It's like, that was the best That was the best health I've ever been in, bean dinner diet. <laughs> Good lord. Um, I don't know, guys. Uh, what do you think? I think we're good. Uh, we yeah, covered a lot of stuff are. in this episode, and uh, we're glad that you came with, here to hang out with us, Ryan. And we hope to have oh, you again. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to have been here, and I uh, appreciate you guys uh, having me on, man, for sure. It was great. Yeah. Uh, you brought up very, very salient points that uh, 
we haven't really talked about too much when it comes to music, you know? Yeah. Yeah.